Losing Weight to Gain Control. Today's episode Navigating Perimenopause with Jay Nair. Welcome to today's episode of the Losing Weight to Gain Control podcast. This is Gwen Alexander, your host. And today we have a guest with us. We have Jay Nair. And Jay, she likes to help women women balance their hormones through nutrition and health coaching and to bring vitality and exuberance to their lives. She has a particular interest in perimenopause as she is of the age where she can understand issues that women face in this phase of their life. So Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Gwen. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. um, When you reached out to me, I was kind of looking over your website and um, reading your topic. And I thought this is something that I think a lot of women need to know about, because uh, as we were talking about before we started recording, they don't know what's going on with themselves at a certain age. And how, you know, when your, your hormones and your body start changing, how that affects lots of things like your weight. And usually for a lot of us, I think that's our first clue that something's not right. So, uh, so thank you for reaching out to share that with my listeners. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, um, I'm really happy to be here and really uh, grateful to you for this opportunity. It is something that needs to be spoken about. And it's getting a lot more coverage now. People are opening up and speaking and there's a lot more programs that um, people can actually go to and, you know, get some support from, um, you know, in private individual support or just watching things even which weren't there before. So, yeah, it's a real privilege to be talking about this. Being on the scene now talking about this is um, really important for me. Yes. So what I always like to do with our guests is have them start by saying or sharing their story of what brought you to this point of wanting to help women, especially women in perimenopause. So what's your story of how this affected your life? Sure. Okay. So um, like many women, as we were speaking about this before, so many women are unprepared. And when I went into perimenopause, I was at, um, I hadn't studied nutritional therapy so I had no idea what was going on with me it's only really when I look back reflecting I've started to piece the puzzles together and I realized I was in perimenopause when you know so many changes in my um, mental and physical health started to take place more mental health I would say than physical I had lots of personal issues my marriage was breaking down. I was separating. I was feeling really bad in terms of mood, you know, uh, anxiety, but more so depression. I was bordering on depression. I went to the doctors and I was um, offered antidepressants, which I always, I wasn't a nutritional therapist, but I had always veered towards natural therapies, natural remedies. Even for my children, it would be 
uh, how can I help them from a natural perspective rather than put lots of medicine into them? I was always of that nature. So when I was offered antidepressants, I declined. Uh, I was given some counseling, which really didn't work either. And I didn't have anybody to turn to really. I didn't have any support. I didn't know what was happening within me. My whole life was like falling apart in front of my eyes. I started to, at this stage, I found myself alone and I was um, started to eat really well, which is really bizarre. When I tell people now, even when I think back to it, it's really bizarre to me, but I would be crying, you know, in a really bad place, but I'd pick myself up the floor and then go and make myself an amazing plate of food, which, you know, I know now it was an intuitive way of self-care for me. It was a way that I knew how to look after myself. I didn't understand what was going on, but I just started to eat really, really well. Lots of fresh food. There was a market down the road. I would go and buy so many, you know, fresh organic produce. And I started exercising more and I started going to lots of healing circles. So I was doing a lot of inner work. And around this stage, when I found all these changes starting to happen within me, my mental health becoming stronger um, and so many changes happening within me, I realized this is amazing that the power of food and the power of, you know, changing your um the way you look at things, the, the, your perspectives towards how you deal with situations. And I, I was doing a lot of yoga as well. So it's a combination of all these things put together that started to make me think, I need to talk about this, that this is so powerful. Um, I was really literally crumbling and I stayed away from everybody for about a year while I got myself back together again. And I realized that I need to do this for other people. This is something that is so powerful. It can change and transform somebody's life. Um, and then I went to study nutrition. I wanted to do it properly. I didn't want to go and get a six month or a one year course that uh, is available. I did a three year really intense diploma while I was working and supporting myself full time. And then that's, that's my story. That's how I became a nutritional therapist. And along that journey, I have found myself as I'm in perimenopause and I understand so much about perimenopause now, it's kind of been a journey that's led me towards wanting to help women in perimenopause. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead, Eve. I started off with um, women's hormonal balance, but I've kind of landed in this really lovely place of wanting to help women in a similar situation to me I hear of so many people separating and divorcing around this age you know early 40s trying to find themselves again trying to find that purpose not understanding what on earth is going on within them and if I can change even one person's life then it's really you know been worth it so that's how I started my journey. Wow. I was going to say that it's great that you gravitated towards the healthier food. Most of yeah. us don't do that. We want to go exactly. get the candy bar or you know, the latest, yeah. some high carbohydrate, unhealthy yes. fried food. Um, and I think that's where some of the weight gain comes from is because our he eating habits change. We don't yeah. realize it. And like you had a lot of changes going on. I mean, a divorce and and everything. And so, and yes, I've even heard other women before I was 45 years old 
mentioned how that time in their life is with their husband didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was happening. Yeah. So they said if we would have understood it, maybe, you know, our marriage might have lasted because then we knew it was we eventually come out of it or get the help that exactly. they would have needed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, since we're talking about perimenopause, there are some women who might not know what is it exactly. They may have heard the word, the term, but what what is it uh, like? Is it a your hormones are changing? You know, what else is happening to their body at this time in their life? Okay. Um, is that's a really good question. And many women, as you turn 40, and we're talking about menopause, women just think, well, it can't be menopause, it's got to be something else. And a, a lot of other um, symptoms can start to happen, like thyroid issues, for example, so it can kind of get blurred with thyroid issues. Uh, so what's happening within our body is our estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, these three are the main, there are lots of other hormones as well, but these three are the main hormones that start to decrease. Testosterone is always decreasing uh, from the, about the age of about 30, 35, it starts to decrease gradually. Now, estrogen and progesterone uh, play a different role. They're kind of going up and down throughout the month as we're menstruating. So they have a lot to do with our menstrual cycle, our, um, our you know, calm nature, uh, um, de-stressing ourselves, you know, feeling good within ourselves. They have a lot to do with all of that, our bone health. And as we go into perimenopause, um, estrogen starts to fluctuate. So it's going up and down even more than it does when you're normally menstruating. And progesterone starts to decrease. So we get this uh, estrogen dominance that can happen. So at any one stage, your estrogen can be quite high while you're still going through perimenopause. And progesterone is continually going down. So the gap between the two can become larger. And when that happens, we can find a lot of symptomatic changes within us. It can be things like mood changes, sleep patterns changing, sleep quality and disturbances, gaining weight, and really around our hips and our middle, that's where a lot of women start to notice it. Hot flushes because our thermostat within our body is playing havoc at this stage. And one of the first symptoms for me, as you also mentioned, is when your menstrual cycles start to play havoc. So I was always 28 days on the dot. And then it started to, exactly as you just said to me, it started to become 25 and 24. I didn't know what was happening. I, I was about 41, 42 at the time. And then it becomes 23 and then 19. And then suddenly it might be 35. And you have no idea what's going on. But this is all due to the hormones that are going up and down within our body. It's causing the anxiety as well, because progesterone is our calming hormone. And as this is decreasing, then it's inevitable that it has a direct impact on the way we feel. And we start to feel anxious, possibly depressed, not knowing how to control this. So there's a lot of things. There's actually 34 uh, symptoms that are recognized but there's a lot more that are unrecognized and that can be anomalies. You know, a few people here and there, they may get them like really itchy skin. I was listening to somebody the other day that said, it's not just itchy skin. It's like something is crawling under their um, skin, 
which is even worse. Now, however much you scratch, it doesn't fulfill that itching. It's just there all the time. Another lady said she gets like not hot flushes, but something beyond that, which is like a burning skin. You know, it feels like her skin is burning. So there's extreme symptoms you can get. Um, but the normal ones are, you know, the weight gain, the anxiety, the depression, uh, low mood and uh, hot flushes, sleep disturbances. These are the main ones. Yes, I think it helps as you describe the symptoms, because if you don't know what to look for before it starts, like, you don't know. You don't know. And, yeah. And you don't know what to talk to your doctor. If that's if your doctor's even think, because I've read some doctors don't believe women start going through menopause or perimenopause in their 40s. or some that still think that's not a thing. It's, yes. Yes. And right. I don't understand that because I almost every woman I know that when we reached our 40s, I mean, we were trying to eat healthy. I, actually, I was. I, mm. I mean, I lost a bunch of weight. You know, I tried to have my stress under control and everything. Mm. And my body still <laughs> started, mm. you know, and then the brain fog. I think that's one we were talking about before we started recording. Yes, you can't think fog. straight. Mm. Um, so that affects your job. It could affect your job. Absolutely. or you know, things with your family. So yes. it's, that's why I said it's important, I think, that we talk about this, even if you're not a woman and you're listening to this, maybe you know, you know a woman that's going through this and you can say, hey, I think you, you have this. You might want to yeah. talk to somebody about that. Exactly. You can help your spouses this way. You can help your sisters and your mothers. You know, I've had um, brothers reach out to me and um, sons reach out to me saying, I think my mom is going through this. Can you help? So, yeah, everybody should really understand what this process is. It's always been, okay, menopause is a women's thing. You know, yeah. let's not, nobody else really needs to. Anybody, even if you're a woman and you're younger, you don't need to understand it. If you're a man, you definitely don't need <laughs> to understand it. And then, you know, the, the woman who's going through it doesn't get the support. And I talk a lot about communication, you know, communicating with the people around you, with the people in your families to say, this is what's happening and I need some support. Then everybody can understand. We're not expecting anybody to read our minds and support us, but actually open the communication channel so you can actually say, this is how I need to be supported. That was actually leads to my next question. Okay. Um, have you found that women have a hard time talking about this either because it's culturally, culturally not accepted, or just maybe within their family, that was a taboo subject. We don't talk about this. I have found that since, um, I don't know in the US, but in the UK, a program run by Davina McCall, she's a, um, like a host and a presenter here, and she did a program on menopause. It was about a year ago, and that's opened up a lot of changes within workplaces, changing policies, there's a lot more recognition now that this is a thing and it's not to be unnoticed because there's 13 million women in the UK who go through perimenopause. So um, understanding this is so important. And I think women talking about this, if we create places where they can actually open up and talk about it, they are so willing to talk about it. You know, and that's what I run something called the Menopause Cafe, along with a couple of other people. We've just started this. 
it's I, I don't know if you have this in the US, but there's a lot of um, places in the UK that are opening up these free support groups that women can come to. And they are just they love these spaces where they can open up and talk. So it's just to give them an opportunity to be able to talk about it. They love talking about it. They feel so free and heard when they come to these spaces. Yeah, I don't I haven't heard about anything like that here, but I think we are talking about it more because of more of the um, the movie stars are talking about them, especially yeah. the older ones that are going through it right now. Yes. So that's taken away some of the stigma. I remember when I was growing up, my grandmother and my mom were kind of of the you don't talk about this. Um, yes. They don't talk about, oh, she she's just having problems right now, mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. And so as a kid, you're thinking, I don't want to have problems. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's something good that y'all have. Yeah, it's a, re a really good movement, actually. And it's not just menopause, is it? Even when I remember culturally, when when we're menstruating, you don't talk about it. You don't even say to especially if there's a man in the room, you never say I'm on my period because it's thought of, you know, in my culture, it's dirty. You don't talk about it. You don't really mention it. You don't um, embarrass men by saying things like this. And so it just goes on throughout our life, doesn't it? That there are some things we don't talk about. So we just keep hush hush about it. Um, so yeah, a lot of the women that I speak about, speak to um, or become clients, they do have this I can't really talk to my family about this. I can't, you know, even my sisters, older sisters, they haven't spoken about it as we were growing up. So I had no idea this was happening. But when we have these spaces and they can talk about it, it just opens up a whole new level, really. You know, with one of the things you mentioned was about the weight gain. And I think that's one of the parts that most women start to worry about. That's yeah. what they notice. Uh, exactly. Does being in perimenopause make it harder to lose weight because like I said, some of the women I know were already doing supposedly healthy things, you know, with the extra, they yeah. tried to exercise, but then they find that, okay, this isn't working anymore. What I did in my twenties yeah. and thirties. So how does that um, affect weight loss if you're going through perimenopause? Okay. So yes, uh, a lot of women will find that it's diff more difficult to uh, lose weight in this stage. And it's a lot to do with estrogen because it controls how, um, we burn off, you know, the fat that we eat, it controls our metabolism. And as estrogen starts to decline, then there's less estrogen, which goes towards actually helping us um, fire up that metabolism. So then inevitably, we start to gain weight. But there are things that we can do. So, I mean, the weight gain is really is there to protect us. If we can look at it from a different perspective, it is there to protect us because as we grow older, our bones can become more frail. That's also due to estrogen loss. And the weight around our hips and around our abdomen kind of starts to protect our organs and protects our um, bones. So we, it, there's a reason why we put on the weight. But we don't have to accept it like, OK, we're gaining weight and this is OK. Let's just, you know, go along with what's happening. We can start to make changes. So it's, a, it's actually a natural process that happens within us. But if we want to start maintaining this, then there are changes that we need to do. We can't be we can't take what we've done in our 20s and 30s. But like, we used to take that for granted. Right. 
so mm -hmm. many of us could eat whatever we wanted and wouldn't really gain much weight. But when you hit your 40s, I was like that. I could eat pretty much whatever I wanted and I wouldn't really gain weight. And as I hit, it's more, I would say, in the last couple of years for me, um, sort of 47, 48, where I'm getting a bit of weight around my hips. And I realized that I need to start doing something differently. I can't do what I've been doing in the past. So that would be things like exercise, really, for me. My nutrition is, you know, very good. I'm a nutritional therapist. I have to practice what I preach and I like the way I eat as well. So it's really exercise for me. So where do we need to make the changes is the question we need to ask ourselves. And it's different for everybody. Um, yes. That's one of the things I try to, the message I try to promote, even if you're not in perimenopause is what so, this person did. I mean, you can take some, some examples from them, but that doesn't mean that if you do everything they did, it's going to work for you. No, the no. exercises are maybe they went low carb because that's what they needed to. Are you going to eat low carb because they did it or because that's what you really want to do? Because you won't stick to it if you don't yeah, exactly. want to do it. So, yeah, it's more about trying to figure out what's going to work for you. You know, do you want to do the exercises where you go to real hard or are you someone you would enjoy walking or biking? Yeah, more exactly. It's very different. Like you say, we're all bio individuals. And one rule does not fit everybody. You know, you may have similar symptoms to somebody, but you're still a completely different individual. And you have to see, like you say, you get guidance from different places and then you see what works for you. I, I always say, get informed, find out everything, educate yourself and then decide what is the right thing for you. Because intuitively, we know, you know, we have an intuition and we, as we get older, we can start to use this more and more if we haven't been connected in that way before. This is a really, this is a time of wisdom, you know, if we can, if we can embrace this period, the perimenopause going into menopause, it can be a real insightful place. So, yeah, that's what I really like, like to advocate. I actually have an example that yesterday. I got home from work and I planned on doing this certain exercise because I like to exercise later. It just relaxes me. But my body was saying no. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, it, it was really bad where it wasn't one of those just do something and maybe you'll feel better. It's like, no, it, it would have been counterintuitive to try and push through it. So um, and some people might say, well, you need to go out there and you need to you really need to get it. That means you're lazy. It's like, no, it doesn't mean I'm lazy. Not at all. It's, yeah, it just means my body that day was just needed to rest a little bit. Yeah. And I think some for some women, even today, it, when they see all these people on Instagram and mm. whatever, you'll say, look what I did today. It's like, oh, yeah. maybe I should be like them too. Exactly. Or, or with the men of perimenopause, I'm going through perimenopause, but look, I'm 50 pounds down in three, three weeks or, you know, I'm exaggerating know. the time. Yeah. But <laughs> I think that makes it hard too. Cause you think, well, why am I not getting the same results as that person? And that person might have more resources than you do. They might have more time to exercise than you do. It could be a whole host of reasons. And what I really liked what you said about you wanted to do something, but your body wasn't having it. So it's really about listening to your body. It, you, we need to do this more and more. Our body is so intelligent. It's so intuitive. It can give us so many messages. And if we learn to listen to it more and more, then you know, we can actually gain so many, so much wisdom from it. Oh, yeah. And another thing 
we, we talked about foods. When you help your clients, is it that you try to take an individualized approach to their food plans, like maybe recommending they don't eat as much processed foods? Because I find if I eat more processed stuff, I feel horrible. I, I just can't do it anymore. Or do you try to encourage them to eat more whole foods and things like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. So it is about definitely reducing on processed foods because it's got so many hidden sugars, flavorings, additives, you know, so many things that we don't even understand. So I always say if it's got more than five ingredients and really ask yourself, do you really need to eat this? Uh, I've had clients in the past who would have takeaways or or takeaways or microwave food every single day because she didn't like to cook, (laughs) go to work, come back, put something in the microwave. Dinner is done in a minute. Right. And it's not that expensive either. And so I got her to it's a very gradual process. You can't say to somebody, okay, processed food isn't good. Yes. You know, let's leave it out. Let's just uh, uh, eliminate that from your diet. You can't do that. They're very attached to that. And there's a psychological thing going on as well. Definitely. There's an attachment to this. And also you may think, well, I don't have the time. So how am I supposed to start cooking? So at the beginning, she said, don't tell me to cook. I'm not going to cook. So you have to definitely work with every single person as an individual and work with what their needs are, how this fits into their life. So I will do it gradually. Just to give you an example, I would say, okay, every other day, how about making something really simple? And I've got very simple recipes that I can give them that will literally take her five minutes to put together. So she could start doing that every other day. So she was still allowed to have her processed food one day. And then the next day she would put this meal together. And then slowly she was within a few weeks, actually, it doesn't take that long. She was like, God, that tastes so much better. And she stopped having the processed food. But if I'd stopped her at the, on day one to say, let's eliminate processed food she wouldn't have made that connection between what her body actually wants. It's me telling her not to do something and to do her something out and to do something else. And you can't really understand what's happened in that process if you just tell somebody to do something. So it's really about guiding and gradually working around their own limiting beliefs, I guess, at the beginning and then working with their mindset in order to help them let go of these um, habits that they've picked up and to start implementing better habits. So working on their mindset is very, very important and helping them with their nutrition. They both go hand in hand. The next thing that I'll ask you about is uh, during menopause, does uh, the stress that women go through, does that make their symptoms worse, which could probably lead to more eating and exercising less? Do you find your clients deal with that? Absolutely. Yes. Um, Stress can become worse at this time. And what's interesting is if you've been quite a stressed person or you have been somebody prone to put on weight or, you know, whatever your symptoms are before perimenopause can actually start to exacerbate. It's trying to come to the surface to be seen and heard and dealt with. So it can feel like it's just imploding And it it can feel like all these symptoms that you had before, possibly the anxiety, maybe depression, it can feel like everything is far, far worse in this um, period. 
And really, for me, it's a sign that, okay, it's coming up to be dealt with in this, you know, situation in this stage of life. So if we don't run from it, and we can actually face it head on, we can be so much better for it afterwards. And it's like a process, you've got to go through it, you can't skirt around it. And it's um, about trying to deal with stress, finding ways in which you can manage your stress a lot better, finding ways in where, uh, which you can start to exercise differently to what you've been doing before. So there are these changes that you need to make because, yes, stress definitely can seem to feel a lot worse because there's so many things kind of coming at you all at the same time. And it can be quite difficult to manage. It's kind of like what you talked about when you were going through all your your things at that time, you know. Yeah. It it I think that it's kind of like a domino effect. It's not just one yeah. thing like you mentioned before. Because so I think some of us women are looking for, well, what's that one thing that will make this better? Will it be yeah. uh, I don't know, taking a pill, taking supplements, or eat the magic food plan, that type of thing. Yes. How does pyramid? And the, oh, go ahead. And there isn't one thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There isn't that one thing. It's really like a, a lifestyle change that needs to happen when when you go through this. Yes. Uh, one thing you talked about was sleep patterns too. So what yeah. what does uh, all these hormone changes do to your sleep patterns? Is it that it makes it where you don't sleep as well, even if you get eight hours or more of sleep or you know, what is it doing to, to your sleep during that time? So again, yeah, it's the hormones playing havoc. And if you've, a lot of women have actually always struggled with sleep before this, and they will find that the perimenopause can actually make it so much worse, just like I said to you. So it can be the quality of sleep. Some women I know say, I slept for eight hours. I didn't wake up in the middle, but I am exhausted in the morning. And this is our stress hormone, cortisol, playing havoc within us because we need cortisol to be low in the evening, which enables us to relax and drift off to sleep at a you know, good time. And then we need it to be high in the morning when we wake up and we're motivated and we've got that get up and go. And for a lot of women, it can switch. So cortisol can be high in the evenings. So you're wired, you're stressed, you're thinking about things. Um, you know what I shouldn't have said this to that person you know it can be anything that stops you from actually falling asleep because your brain is just working at a million miles an hour your melatonin is also another hormone that helps to kick in your circadian rhythm which is your sleep and that is also topsy-turvy that should be high in the evening and low in the morning but it can be the other way around so together they start creating insomnia or some women actually find it easy to fall asleep because they're absolutely exhausted, but then they'll wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to go back to sleep again. So there are so many different things, disturbed sleep, poor quality of sleep, insomnia that can happen. I had that a couple of years ago when I was really struggling to sleep and there can, it can be fairly easy to sort out when once you get yourself on a nutrition plan you start looking at how you're eating um what kind of foods are working within your body working for you how much exercise you're doing like i said it's a lifestyle change it's not that one thing it's actually looking at everything how you manage your stress and your stressful situations 
you know, all these different things play a part in helping you with your, I've seen um, one particular client who's always had issues with sleep. And then she came into perimenopause, got so much worse within three, four weeks, she was sleeping through the night. Yeah. Cause I think with the sleep, like you were saying, that affects uh, the brain fog, I think during the day, cause I've dealt with that too, where I would wake yeah. up at two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I'm wide awake. I, I, Mm. you know what do I do if I go back to sleep then I'm like I'm usually more tired when I wake up so I've Mm. had to look at you know my well my sleep regimen because it had gotten kind of bad where I was staying up too late or I was exactly you know looking at the phone things you're not supposed to do (laughs) uh to try and help it because I just couldn't function the next day I you know I have yeah I have a job where I need to be able to read complex documents and be able to comprehend Mm. them and it was getting hard to do that absolutely it's going to upset your whole day ahead you're going to be tired you're exhausted and then this has a knock-on effect on the type of food you eat it you know research has been done on if you don't sleep properly then you're more going to veer towards a high carb foods lots of sugar in your foods because you need that quick energy to stop you from falling asleep while you're at work you want to be able to still function and do a good day's job And if you're feeling really tired, uh, this isn't going to enable you to do that. So you will have coffee and tea and, you know, chocolate, possibly things to try and keep you awake, lots of stimulating foods. And then again, you can't sleep that night because your blood sugar level is just through the roof. You know, it's going up and down throughout the day. You are exhausted by being on that kind of a diet and then that night you can't sleep and then the pattern just goes on and on it's like a cyclical pattern that you struggle to break well jay i think that everything you gave us today will help women and even their loved ones to help them to understand uh you know what they're going through or maybe to help them say you know we need to get you to the doctor or maybe find a way to help you with uh this phase of your life and it doesn't mean it's going to be forever (laughs) hopefully when you go through this So can you share with the listeners uh, just some words of encouragement before you leave and also where they can find you, website, social media, and information about your program? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, So uh, I do do, um, run a program for perimenopausal women. Um, My social media, I'm quite active on Instagram, on Facebook as well. My um, business name is Soul Nourish. And you can find me on Instagram under J Soul Nourish. Um, I have a LinkedIn link at the top as well. So that will lead them to, I have a free webinar coming up on the 22nd where I go into more about uh, things that can help, you know, that can actually help you get started. And um, there's like, I talk a lot more about the hormones and about my own story in that webinar as well. So I'd absolutely love your listeners to come to the free webinar and, you know, get as much as they can from that. And um, what I'd really like to say is that don't give up hope because a hope and faith is what can really carry you through this. It may feel like it is just kind of like everything is falling apart, you know, and, and I've had so many women say, I felt like I was literally going crazy. I was there too. I literally felt like I was going crazy, but I have, I feel like I've come through the other side stronger, wiser, 
more generous and giving and able to support women, you know, in a completely different way that I never would have been able to do before. You know, I was not in that space at all. So when you're going through this, it can feel extremely daunting, but know that it's a process, it's a journey, it's part of part of your life, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. You can get guidance, you can get help. There's so much out there now. Please don't suffer alone. Reach out to somebody. Even though I say it's a journey and it's a process, it doesn't mean you have to struggle through this at all. And you can actually experience perimenopause and menopause in a really wonderful way. And my purpose, I feel, is to help women to do that. So it's a nutrition program with mindset work and we coaching so that they get to really be heard. And we work through so many things. They will have massive breakthroughs. So, yeah, I, you know, go to my Instagram and all my links are there. So J Soul Nourish. Yeah, and I'll put all of those in the show notes also so they can Perfect. find it fairly quickly. Thank so, you. Jay, thank you for those words of encouragement. And thank you again for being a guest on the podcast. I've enjoyed every minute. Thank you, Gwen. Um, I really hope that, you know, what you're doing is amazing, trying to get all this kind of information to out there to people. So I really thank you for the work you're doing as well. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only. The views of any guest on the podcast are their own. The host of this podcast is not a medical doctor, nurse, or health professional. You should consult with your doctor, nurse, or health professional before you begin any weight loss or maintenance or exercise program.